0: know that Jesus is alive and at work in this world I mean seriously because there be a whole host of people who tell us it is absolutely ridiculous that you people believe that Jesus is still alive and we've all heard that there are hosts of folks that walk away from the faith in the church every year so how do you know now, Jesus promised his disciples in John 16, 7, saying this, It is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And then he wrapped together with that idea of his leaving This thought from John 14, 12, he said, Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Really? It's better for you that I go because you're going to continue to do greater works than I have done. Was he serious? You know, I've been watching a a television series. Maybe some of you have been watching it as well. It's called The Chosen. The Chosen it's the the stories of jesus life and let me tell you man i love it i love it and as i'm watching it i find myself i have these moments where i think to myself man wouldn't it have been something to have been there to have experienced that to have seen that but then it's like there's this inner nudge where i'm reminded that jesus said hey It's best that I go away and you'll do even greater works because I've gone. Let me tell you how I would answer that question that I asked you. The way in which I know that God is alive and at work is because I see Him at work all the time and I get to experience His presence. I assure you, the longer I walk with Him, the more i carefully attune my life to him the more i know with certainty jesus is alive and at work to this very day he is more real to me today than the me you see standing in front of you what is it they say if you know you know and let me tell you i know And one of the ways that I know that Jesus is alive and is at work is in watching His Spirit work through the church. That's the series that we're in right now, where the Holy Spirit of God is at work in the church. The church will be spiritually alive. You're going to see and experience things where people will say, only God, only God could have done that. Where the Holy Spirit of God is at work in the church the church will be biblically serious like old Peter pointing everybody to the old scriptures that declared Jesus so too, God's Word is going to be lifted up and today the same thing just slightly different where the Holy Spirit of God is at work in the church you are going to see a church that is radically generous and it has always been that way now i get it there may be some of you doubters or skeptics who are thinking well i hardly think that radical generosity is evidence of god at work but to you i just want to say hang on because i want to walk you through so you can see how that is one of the footprints. Of God at work in this world Jesus wasn't kidding when he said it is best that I go away and you will do even greater works because I go and radical generosity is one more piece of evidence that God is indeed alive and he is at work through his church so if you would open your Bibles with me today we're gonna be in acts acts chapter 2 and acts chapter 4 These are the beginning texts that I want us to look at today, but we're going to actually follow this theme through the book of Acts, and then we are going to leap from the pages of Scripture into church history, because I want to trace the finger of God at work through His church. Now, before we read, let me introduce myself to you if we've not yet met. My name's Kevin Lee. I am one of the pastors. And listen, this Sunday's kind of a big old deal for me. Today is our 16th anniversary together. It's been 16 years, thank you, of serving here. I got to thinking about that. And you know, before I came, several other places that I've served, on average, I, I, I served in many of those churches about four years. And I remember when I hit that four-year mark here, my my youngest daughter, Allison, uh, came to me, and she said, so, Dad, are we going to move again? Or are you going to write some new sermons? Such a smart aleck. I'm not sure where she got it from. You know what I found out? I found out I didn't have to do either. You guys don't listen that closely. I can just recycle those old things and go through them. But listen, I am honored to be here and after all of these years, I thought, hey, it's your anniversary Sunday, why don't you preach on one of your favorite topics, out of one of your favorite passages, and so that's what we're going to do. Now, I know that you know that today is out of the box and we're going to get to that, but before you go do that, I just want you to see the evidence of how generosity is the critical evidence of god at work in this world you're not just going out of the box you get to be a part of the very movement of god now acts chapter 2 beginning with verse 42 is a summary passage that's telling about um, the start of the church and it, it tells about on that day how god worked and moved Now, you might remember that 2.42, that is a time that I have my watch set to go off and vibrate every day, and it's because of this passage. And it reminds me to stop and pray for the church. And what I'm praying for is what we're about to read. And so every day at 2.42, I'm praying the prayer, God, if it happened then, uh, why not now? And if it happened there, why not here? And if you don't... Pray at 2.42. Let me encourage you to set your timer to go off every day at 2.42. Join me in that prayer that we would see a movement of God. And listen, this is what I am praying for, Acts 2.42. And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the good will of all the people and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those that were being saved did you hear the generosity they shared everything even sold possessions to help people in need. Now that's just one summary paragraph out of the book of Acts. The next one is over in chapter 4, just a page over, and we're going to be reading verse 32 through 37. And here again, listen for that generosity theme. And all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. And he was from the tribe of Levi, and he came from the island of Cyprus, and he sold a field that he owned, and he brought the money to the apostles. Once again, you hear, everything they shared. No needy people among them Listen, one of the first things you see in the church after Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came in power is a radically generous church. Don't miss it. Don't overlook it. So today I want to take you on a journey because I want you to see how much this radical generosity is at the very heart of the gospel of God. Now listen, you get all excited talking about the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. I mean, incredible things are happening. It talks about signs and wonders. It talks about flames, tongues of fire falling. It talks about people speaking in in unknown languages. It talks about 3,000 people being converted in one moment. There are stories of healings and miracles. But don't overlook it. That right here from day one, radical generosity is the sign of God being alive and at work among his people so number one the first thing I want you to get is this radical generosity is the footprint of the Spirit of God in the church and listen it's not just in Acts 2 it's not just in Acts 4 You just continue through, and you'll see that the church fuels a ministry of compassion in their community. You see it in chapter 6. In Acts chapter 6, you have a story about food distribution, food going out to people who are hungry and helping them for widows. Now, typically, that would have included women and children, and we're told that they were Greek-speaking Widows, And so it's almost like that Old Testament scripture that talks about the aliens and the widows and the orphans among you. And the church had stepped in to care for the needy with generosity. And after that generosity story, caring for the church, there is a a, a summary statement that says, and God's message continued to spread and the number of believers greatly increased. In other words, in the Bible, it shows there's a connection between compassionate generosity and the advancement of the gospel. When you come over to Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul is on his second missionary journey. And he's going to this place called Macedonia. That'd be Greece. And that's an important place to remember anytime that you talk about generosity because some important things happen. You see, there was a great famine that broke out in Jerusalem. And many believers there in Jerusalem, where they had shown such generosity, they became the ones in great need. And do you know who came to the rescue? It was other believers in other places that began to care for them. In fact, Paul, in writing to the Galatians, he talked about the church at Jerusalem, the church of Acts, and how they had exported this priority of generosity and compassion to care for the poor. Galatians chapter 2, verse 10 says this their only suggestion, and by that he's talking about the apostles, in other words, the apostles' only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. But Paul wasn't the only one who was eager for generosity, the Macedonians. We're so eager to give in fact I want you to listen to what Paul writes in 2nd Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 as he writes to them About the importance of generosity 2nd Corinthians chapter 8 beginning with verse 1 says this now I want you to know dear brothers and sisters What God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia that place that Paul had just gone He said they are being tested by many troubles And they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. The very place that Paul had been. And then in chapter 9, he says this. Now, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. For I know how eager you are to help. And I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia uh, of you in Greece. That you were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. Do you see it? The generosity that started in the church at Acts spread as the church grew. I tell you, generosity is the footprint of the Spirit of God. In the church now at some point on this journey of generosity Paul writes a letter to the church at Rome and he talks about his longing to come there but in that letter again he takes up this same theme talking about radical generosity and in Romans chapter 15 he says this but before I come I must go to Jerusalem and take the gift of the believers there for you see the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings, the good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they felt the least they could do in return is to help them financially. I tell you, generosity is the mark of the Spirit of God at work. And then if you follow this offering to its conclusion, this offering for the needy in Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 20, we are told that Paul is going to go to Jerusalem and deliver the offering. Even though a lot of people around him warned Paul, man, it could cost you your life. They might kill you in Jerusalem when you go. But Paul was steadfast and listen to the parting words that he spoke to the church in acts chapter 20 verse 35 he said i have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard you should remember the words of the lord jesus it is more blessed to give than to receive now let me just hit pause Because I know that's like drinking out of a fire hydrant where, where you go through a run of Scripture like that and you see all of these examples. But what I want you to see is if you read with eyes of discernment throughout the book of Acts, wherever the Spirit of God is at work in the church, you see it evidenced by generosity. It starts in Jerusalem. But as the church grows and as the church goes, so too with generosity. Now that should just be obvious to us I mean it really should be after all who was it that wrote the book of Acts was it not Luke and Luke wrote the gospel of Luke and in the gospel of Luke there's a story that is told that only Luke tells the story of the Good Samaritan do you remember the story a story about a guy with great need who is literally left for dead and along comes this exceptional samaritan who is generous with his time and with his money he stops and he even stoops down to care for the man in need. He puts him on his own donkey. He gets him to a makeshift hospital. He pays the bill in advance. He promises that he will come back and settle if there's anything else owed. A man of exceptional generosity. And Jesus ended the story by saying, and now you go... And do likewise. And you know what? The church did. They believed it. And they went and they did the same. Now, I want you to know it doesn't stop with the book of Acts. That brings us to the second thing radical generosity is the means by which God has changed the world that you and I live in. Listen, we take for granted that the world in which we live has always valued highly things like compassion, love, and grace, and goodness, care of the suffering, even generosity. We take that granted. But listen, the world has not always been that way. It was Jesus and his followers that changed the world forever with generosity. Now, does that feel like I'm overselling that? Is that an overreach? Let me just say this. There are better minds than mine that have expounded the truth that the gospel message of compassion and generosity are the thing that change the world for the better. Now, if you like to read this kind of stuff, let me recommend to you three books. Three books. The first is The Rise of Christianity by Rodney Stark. It's a short book that talks about the absolute wonder that is there about this obscure Jewish rabbi named Jesus and his untrained followers that became one of the dominant influences in the Western world. I've talked about that book before. Great read. Then there's one that I'm reading right now called The Air We Breathe by Glenn Scrivener. And he addresses how all of the noble values in our world that are so highly valued, it's all rooted in Christ. Now, if you want more of a challenge, you want to read deeper, you want to read longer, you might want to read the massive book Dominion by Thomas Holland. And Holland is a British historian who at best is an agnostic Honestly, I I think he's an atheist who has written that whether you like it or not, and even though he doesn't personally believe in Jesus, he says the world that we live in is much the world that has resulted from Christ and his followers. And he asserts that Christian compassion is the thing that essentially changed the world. Now, I'll try not to geek out here, but I know a lot of you think, well, you already have. Um, But I want you to get a feel for this, of what these, these authors are saying. What they're saying is caring for the poor, caring for the helpless, providing for those in needs may seem like just the way the world is, noble and virtuous, but it wasn't that way in the Roman world in the Roman world weakness sickness the poor the disabled the defeated these were things to be despised and eradicated and they built colosseums of entertainment to eradicate the weak among them. Let me give you just a few examples of this. Right now we're collecting baby bottles full of money to partner with Alpha Pregnancy Center to care for babies. In the Roman world, an unwanted baby which oftentimes just meant the baby was a girl would often be left outside on a garbage heap to die they just called it exposure but then along came these christians who believed that the image of god is in every person and they began to take those babies in and to care for them And that was the very beginning of orphan care in this world and it began with the generous compassion of Christians likewise Christians compassionately and generously cared for the sick these authors will write about one of the reasons that the church grew so much was because of the great plagues and disease and the numbers of people that died One plague, nearly a fourth of the world's population died, and another plague, nearly a third of the world's population died. And when people were afraid, you remember the pandemic, you remember how people are afraid? When people were afraid, a lot of times those that were sick would be cast out into the streets, dead and dying. And along came this strange little community of Christians who began at risk to themselves to take into their homes those that were sick to care for them. I mean, in their minds, how else could they do that? I mean, they were followers of Jesus, the one who touched the leper, who healed the blind. And those caring communities were the very beginning of the first hospitals in our world. And it began with a spirit of generous people caring listen it's it's not just in the ancient world if you have eyes to see you can discern where much of the compassion comes from in our world to this day the international symbol of first aid is a white cross on a field of green or if you're in a disaster and you have catastrophic dimensions, who is it that will come in first to the rescue? Is it not the Red Cross? Do you ever ask yourself why in the world do we use these emblems to remind us of compassionate, generous caring? Listen, that reality needs to be remembered even in the light of the very first sermon that Jesus ever preached when he reached for the scroll and found the place in Isaiah 61 and he said he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release darkness for the, release from darkness for the prisoners and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor do you see it? It's the hand of God at work in the compassionate work of generosity. Of course, what was it that Jesus said to us? In John 30, 13, 35, he said, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And that brings us to this third thing. Not only... Is it the footprint of the church and it's the way that it changed the world but then generosity just seems to go on and on and on and on and on and on on. it didn't stop in acts it didn't stop in church history it just goes on and on listen i can think back to the little church that i grew up um, in michigan about 70 peoples all that was there and they had a desire and a vision to reach folks. And, and there came a point where they needed to build, but, but they couldn't get approved for a loan. Just a small little church, not a lot of resources. And I remember four couples in that church who put their name on the note to guarantee the loan in addition to everything that they'd given to see that happen. And my parents were one of those people. They put their name on the note. It was a place where you saw the generosity of God's people move. When I think of generosity, I can think about a church in Arkansas when we were in a building process and we hired an expert to come in to help us with fundraising. And I remember after we had our first fruit commitments, the first pledges, that expert took me aside into a room, just me and him, and in confidentiality, he said to me, Kevin, I I am so sorry man you just need to know we are not close and according to all the projections that we need, that we use he said you just need to understand we're not even going to hit the lowest goal that we had for the church he said it's it just it's bad but then you know what happened the people of god did what the spirit of god told them to do and we not only reached that lowest goal we exceeded the highest gold goal and I remember that same guy coming back to me in that same room and he said to me things like man I have never seen anything like this it just means that the people of God are all in and they are making sacrificial gifts God is at work here and it was like a revival roared through that church and it all began with generosity but listen, when I think about generous churches, you know who first comes to mind? It's you. You are a generous church. Listen, today marks my 16th year being here, but it marks our 15th year of out of the box. And let me tell you, out of the box was just like a sp- Park that exploded in a rush of generosity so let me tell you about out of the box today this year like last year this out of the box isn't going to ask you for a dime and all God's people should say amen to that and the reason is because you've already been so generous this out of the box is asking for your time Folks, we still live in such a broken world. Last year, we served to feed orphans in Haiti. And this year, we're going to help in the war torn country of the Ukraine, feeding starving refugees. You know who's hurting the most there? It's always the same it's the women, it's the widows. It's the children. If you read about it, it just breaks your heart. Eight million people have fled the country living as refugees. Another six million people are displaced internally. They can't go home. This nation, which at one time was one of the world's greatest exporters of food in the world, is now filled with people who are starving to death. And it's tough to get food in but through our partnership with Barnabas Charities who works with an organization called Convoy of Hope they're getting food into the country by shipping it to remote Romania and then they just sort of help that food find its way across the border in other words they're smuggling it in to feed the starving kind of reminds me didn't Jesus say something about I tell you the truth when you did it for one of the least of these my brothers and sisters you were doing it to me so today you get to feed Jesus and so Janie's going to come and she's going to give us some directions about out of the box today
1: all right, first of all, y'all look great in all your New Work swag, I just wanna say that. And even if you don't have New Work swag on, we want you to come, we want you to help. Um, I just got a text the uh, group that is there now from the first service, they've already packed 15,000 meals. Uh, <laughs> isn't that great? Yeah, and there's so many of you, we may have to do you in shifts, so just be prepared for that, that is okay. That's the best problem ever. You mean we don't have enough stations for everybody? <laughs> Isn't that the best thing ever? So anyway, um, so come that way. Do go to your small groups first, just so we can take roll, um, and then and then we'll head out there. You get some really cool hairnets. Everybody looks good in a hairnet and uh, and some gloves. And then and then we'll serve. Also, if you have children, please be sure to get your children uh, from the kids area um, and take them with you. This is something that they can do and and help with and one thing that todd was telling me is in the war-torn ukraine uh there's there's such a lack of hope that when they see the boxes that are colored it, it touches them to the deepest part of their soul so this coloring isn't just giving the children something to do it really is giving hope and sharing the love of christ with those people, and it literally colors the world. So have your kids do that. Please stay with your kids while they're coloring, or if they're with you, we need you to stay with them while you're over there. Um, But anyway, it is a blast. We can't wait to see all of you there. All
0: right. You know, what do you call it when God himself sets out on a rescue plan to win back a broken and fallen humanity? And he gives his one and only son. I' tell you what I'd call it. I'd call it radical generosity. And that's what He did for you. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I just need to tell you, you need to. And you need to take care of that before you ever leave this room. How do I know that Jesus is alive and at work? I walk with him every day I talk with him every day and the longer I journey with him the more I have eyes to see all that he is doing what about you and once you get with him then you get to work alongside him listen you need to understand today you're not just packing meals for people that are hungry you're not just doing an act of compassion it's not about the numbers it's not about the bags of food really what i want you to see is you get to be a part of the movement of God that has started from the moment Jesus left and he said, you're going to do greater things and today you get to be a part of all that he is doing to change this world for the glory of his son, Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, this world needs Jesus. So if you would stand to your feet and we're going to worship with one song, and then we will go out. God in heaven, we thank you so much that you sent your Son into this world, that you gave your Holy Spirit to us, that you are at work in us and through us for your good name and for your glory. And Father, we pray that you would use us to make a difference in this world for your Son and His